0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into All-Canadian. Wade Zanketta, Connor O'Neill here. We are at week four of CFL action. Three games this week instead of four. Unfortunately, some bad circumstances coming out of Edmonton. Nonetheless, we are still excited for the games that we do
1: get. Nice run of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How are you feeling going into week four, Wade? I'm excited as we move towards all nine stadiums, hopefully requiring vaccines or negative test proof. But before we get there in news and notes, just want to remind you guys that Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners are still getting our exclusive promo code. Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Go ahead and check out some of the great new beer flavors like Little Norway, that's always available for you, or even the Pineapple and Scotch Bonnet Kettle Sour. Haven't tried that one yet, but I'm sure it tastes great. Tropical Storm Mimosa IPA as well. So go ahead over to sodacitybrewing.com. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. And are you geared up for game day?
0: Head over to fox40shop.com for Fox 40 gear, whistles, coaching boards and more and while you're there use the code cfp15 at checkout for 15 percent off your order again that is cfp15 at fox40shop.com the worldwide leaders in whistle technology man big
1: news some big news this week yeah there are two more positive cases in edmonton majority of them with unvaccinated players. So Commissioner Ambrosi sat down with Dave Naylor yesterday or two days ago and talked about how he wanted to strictly enforce the policies they have in place. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but the majority of players on the sidelines coming off in between series, not wearing masks, which is a through and through CFL policy for this year. I know we saw Rourke doing it in week one. We see some other guys wearing it full time, but a lot of the players come off and they're sipping water and talking and they just they just leave them off just for the sake of having water and talking and all that jazz. So uh, definitely going to be something to watch as it is a penalty. They can rest can assess a 25 yard bench penalty for not following COVID restrictions and rules. Uh, So another big thing with Edmonton, Trevor Harris is not, I repeat, is not one of the cases that have been positive. Reportedly, someone had put out that he was. Dave Campbell immediately comes to the rescue. Straight word from the Elks organization that Trevor Harris is not one of the positive cases. So if they do get back on the field next week, Trevor Harris more than likely going to be under center, which is a great piece of news for Elks fans as you guys look to win a second game in a row. Flip side to COVID news, 87% of the Alouettes players are fully vaccinated. That's coming from Herb Zorkowski. Chris Aki also said over 85% of us are double vaccinated. So way to go, Montreal. Definitely leading the charge uh, in this league for Pushing player vaccination and as we get into some of the more tricky news keep in mind this vaccination rate for the AL's players i've
0: said it before i will say it again the vaccinations at this point are a competitive advantage the elks well the cfl i've heard has been doing everything they possibly can to try to reschedule this game whether it be as early i've heard as early as next week i've also heard potentially in the bye week but If they can't get it figured out, that's a potential forfeit because they were the team that had the outbreak that caused the game to get canceled. Whereas Montreal, they can kind of go, we're good. We're at 87%. If if an outbreak falls on us, that's fine. We can live with that. But we know we are at 87%. It is a lot less likely for us as the Montreal Alouettes to kind of see some of those repercussions from not being vaccinated. So yeah, hats off to the Montreal Alouettes and some more news on the West Coast. Dominoes falling everywhere. You got to assume this is, you know, now from the OSEG in the recent Toronto news. And on top of that, the outbreak in Edmonton, Saskatchewan, has been talking with the ownership group for Mosaic. They are looking to make vaccines mandatory or at least negative tests
1: mandatory for Mosaic Stadium for the remainder of the season. So the province itself is talking with the group that owns Mosaic Stadium. It's not just the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're a part of the conversation too. But the group that owns Mosaic is looking at this. And from what Rod Peterson said on his show yesterday, the riders organization does not like to make people upset. And if people are upset because they're the only franchise that's not having vaccines mandatory, Or proof of negative test they're gonna start getting a lot of bad PR bad publicity bad rap amongst the league and the league media members because as of right now it's Edmonton and Saskatchewan who have that policy not in place and as you look at the CFL who's the one team I know the team isn't really interacting with the fans but who's the one team that currently has an outbreak I mean we we got to move towards this. And I want to get to some of the stuff that Commissioner Ambrosi said to Dave Naylor because he, he, he did say quite a lot yesterday. He said he wishes that he can make vaccines mandatory for the league, but here's a direct quote. We just don't have the ability to make a unilateral decision on that front, end quote, because he knows that with the CBA, they have to do it collaboratively. They have to sit down with the CFLPA and say, can we do this? How can we do this? Is this a possibility for you guys? He can't just go full dictator and say it's happening. Suck it up. So tough, but I, I honestly like ambrosio said, like the science is clear. Okay. Like we know it works scientifically it has been proven. Anyone that wants to say FDA hasn't done it in the States. Well, too late. They did so there is no more arguments for the science isn't safe at this point you're just trying to be rebellious and trying to go against the grain and against the norm and come on science everyone else is just behind it if you're not at this point i commissioner Ambrosi probably isn't a fan of you probably not
0: probably not he's doing hard work and you know i get the want to make vaccines mandatory across the league. And I understand why they can't do it. Um, But yeah, I mean, they're doing things that they can right now to incentivize being vaccinated like we've talked about. So I guess we'll see as this moves forward, where teams are going to stand on those vaccinations. And, you know, I'm, I totally understand wanting to make the decisions and, you know, have your own choice in the matter. But at this point, when the science is clear and it's, it's not only protecting yourself but protecting those around you i don't know i am
1: i'm just kind of and on a football we should be getting it and on a football note i mean you complain that you couldn't play last year you complain you couldn't get paychecks last year okay well the way you're going to continue to get paychecks from the cfl and to have cfl football is by making sure it's on the field and the safest way and most secure way to put it on the field is having people vaccinated. Like, it's, it's not rocket science. Vaccines equal football in Canada. Like, we didn't have football when we didn't have a vaccine. We have a vaccine, we have football. The more people that get the vaccine, the bigger chance football can stay on the field. <laughs> like, this is like grade one math here. One plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four. I mean, uh, at this point, uh, we're going to get to some more COVID news. Unfortunately, we we don't have too much football, football news. But we got a lot of that on Tuesday. It's more COVID off the field stuff today. Federal flights are going to start banning unvaccinated travelers interprovincial. So if I have to fly from Montreal to Toronto... I need to have a vaccine. If I want to fly from Toronto to Winnipeg, Winnipeg to BC, any of the spots in Alberta, I have to have a vaccine. And guess what? They're not expected to give exemptions to chartered flights. Want to put that in uh, football talk for us? Means you can't
0: travel with the team. Means if you're playing on the West, if you're BC and you're not vaccinated and you got to play Ottawa that week, you better be leaving the week before so you can get there on
1: time. It's looking like that. And I mean, DT talked about this on Sports Cage on Tuesday. This is a huge benefit for East teams. Oh, huge. Because I can drive from Montreal to Toronto in six hours. I can drive from Hamilton to Montreal in seven hours. That's a day trip. That's a half a day trip if you want to be eager about it. So I can make that drive. But for me to get from Toronto... To Winnipeg, or Ottawa to Winnipeg, we're driving 19, 20 hours. So if you look at it from the east and west perspective, yeah, it's not a far drive from Regina to Calgary. But what about BC? What about BC to Winnipeg? What about BC to
0: Regina? I mean, I've had to sit in the back of a hot car on the way to Florida
1: with my younger brother and yeah, there was that, just two of us in one car and it sucked. So Yeah, and that gets you from Ottawa to Winnipeg. Cuz my parents had to drive from Brockville to Red Lake and that was a 24-hour trip. Exact same time distance to get up there as it was to go all the way down to sunny Florida. So, for the teams like if there is a way for the government to, <laughs> to incentivize the vaccines for teams and players, hello, how about you're not going to be able to play and collect a game check if you aren't vaccinated? I I think Ben Grant tweeted out that the Argos are the perfect for this because they have one more road game out west in Saskatchewan. The rest of them are all in Ontario or Quebec, driving distance. That's perfect. It is. It is. But it also, again,
0: like looping back to this, kind of theme of incentivizing the getting a vaccination let's say you are a team like we'll we'll just go nameless here but let's say your team team a and your starting quarterback is unvaccinated and you're on the west coast then you got to play team b on the east coast without your starting quarterback
1: because he can't travel what does that do to you as a team? And let's say you're team A and you don't have a backup quarterback like Jake Meyer or Nathan Rourke out on the West Coast where you've seen them play and are confident in it. Now you're kind of pooched. It is like, it's gonna be it's like, gonna
0: be pretty detrimental to some teams what if, if they don't do what it. What
1: if we go Saskatchewan for namesake? And I, I believe Cody Fiardo has been vaccinated, but let's say he isn't for the argument. Then you got to roll out Mason Fine, and nobody knows what he's done. Or yet. you roll out Paxton Lynch. Both guys have never played CFL football. They have never seen a live CFL rep in a game. If that's the case, I'm trying to trade for McLeod Bethel-Thompson. If if, if it comes it, down to that. Too, it'd be too late because <laughs> he'd have to go through protocols to get into your p- facilities. If they're playing in Ottawa, have them drive. <laughs> he Meet still has there. to clear protocols after the trade. But no, like... That'd screw you. Like if you're Saskatchewan, you have to go out to to Montreal and this defines whether you get, it's not going to, but if it defines whether you make the playoffs or not, and all of a sudden you have to play a quarterback who's never played. Could you imagine this happening in like week 12 when playoff seeding is coming into effect? It's going to happen. It's going to come into play unless players go and see like, hey, it is far more beneficial to me as a player and my team as a whole – for me to get vaccinated. Not only am I keeping them safe, but I'm ensuring that we can put the best product on the field and we can play the best games and possibly get into the playoffs and a chance to win the Grey Cup because that's what they're all chasing, anyways. It's all about the rings. Last yeah. bit of news though Liram Hyra who was waived by the Cowboys, unfortunately, didn't uh, even get to see him in hard knocks. I what know. a ripoff. Oh, oh my God. Man, we saw
0: Neville sneeze. We could have had the next great Canadian Heritage Minute on Hard Knocks, but uh, unfortunately we won't see that. Good to still see him get an opportunity because we've been calling for Liram to get a shot in the NFL now for, what, nearly two years, I think? So uh,
1: I think a year and a half, yes. <laughs> I,
0: it was nice to see him awarded the opportunity. Unfortunate that he got cut, but you know at least he got to go show his stuff. So
1: Absolutely, and that brings us to the one. The only Connors Covers Dun 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 I'm not coming into this week too high
0: I'm not coming into this, this week too low How'd you do last week Connor? I went two and two last week on the spreads I'm okay with that That's a nice Even keel Keep me grounded Type of performance So that Like I said Not too high Not too low I'm coming into this week With absolutely zero expectations Because in the first three weeks of The CFL becomes pretty evident that we have no idea what's going on. It has been such an
1: unexpected year this year. Who would have thought Jake Meyer, for a start, after having a couple picks early on, not looking too hot, that he would just come out and end up winning the game? Absolutely
0: ruin my Montreal bet? Yeah, sick. Thanks, Jake Meyer. Well,
1: you get another chance to bet on both of them, thankfully, this week, because their games are not postponed due to covid so that one hit me hard man i was planning to be at that game you were you were ready to antler up i was so ready to antler up are you kidding me it's almost like how i met your mother with the suit up connor's gonna antler up that's oh. what his uh his new thing is antler up baby montreal though hosting the hamilton tiger cats their home opener in la belle province hamilton though off the bye week and despite being 0 and two and showing that poor o-line play is only a one-point dog Coming out of the bye week, we talked about this. This is something that we
0: talked about. Hamilton going into the bye week, have faith in Coach o, Have faith in the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Are you going to have faith in them here? I am. I really am. I know we. I said don't push the panic button just yet on Edmonton last week. Guess what? Edmonton won and covered. By the way, but uh, I'm saying don't push the panic button on Hamilton just yet either. I like Hamilton in this matchup against Montreal, especially if you can, and it'll be a tough task, but um, if Hamilton can can handle the pass rush from the Montreal Alouettes, who admittedly, it didn't look great against the Calgary Stampeders, I think they'll be okay. But the one thing that Calgary does better than Hamilton right now, in my opinion, is run the ball. And that takes a
1: lot off the pass rush, too.
0: It does. It beats them down. It wears them out. But Hamilton's got some good backs. In Don Jackson, STE, Malik Irons, even Jackson Bennett, whoever's running the ball there, they have athletic options that are going to wear down a front seven. I think that is the path to victory here in this one. Not to mention that, you know, Jeremiah Jeremiah Masoli can still sling the rock around pretty good. They're coming off a bye week. Guys are going to be getting back a little bit healthier. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think coming off the bye, don't push panic on Hamilton just yet. I think they have a kind of regrouping and they come out, I think they're gonna throw the ball over the, all over the place and light the scoreboard up
1: against Montreal in, in week four here. Okay. Well Connor is taking Hamilton as the one point dog. Almost a pick 'em. Pretty much is a pick'em. Pretty much is a pick 'em. This is basically a pick 'em. Unless there's a fateful rouge that causes you to push it.
0: Well, the lines might move, too. It's still early. We're recording this on Wednesday. It's a one-point line in favor of Montreal right now. So, I mean, if this crept up to
1: two and a half, three, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I I think someone will definitely push it one way or the other. Uh, But let's move out to the nation's capital. Another home opener for the Eastern teams, Ottawa, hosting the BC Lions on Saturday night. BC is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. On the road. On the road, two and a half. Ottawa's not great, though. This line's starting to push. It opened at Ottawa plus two, and now it's plus two and a half. So people are starting to push BC into the ether a bit. We're going to get to this later with my fantasy values this week. It's not really a value pick. It's just common sense at this point. But with Ottawa's offense just being so sluggish and slow, I mean, they had the great play to RJ Harris and then just kind of kept ticking along. Do Do you see BC just kind of... Overwhelming them, or do you see this as kind of an opportunity for Ottawa's offense to get some yardage on a team like BC that you know they've given up their fair chunk of yardage, but they've also turned the ball over and held their team in games when it mattered?
0: Well, here's where I'm going with this one because it's uh, it's interesting, right? Like, yes, BC can stress Ottawa, push the field all over the place. But Ottawa's secondary actually looks good. If I'm going to say anything nice about Ottawa, it's that their secondary has looked damn good. And what did Edmonton do last week with a good secondary against these wide
1: receivers? Brian Burnham, Lucky Whitehead were held to under 35 yards each. But that was mainly, I think you can contribute that to the Joel Figueroa injury. So if he is healthy, I'm not sure what his status on the practice report is, but... If he if he's in, what like where are you going with this game? Because we don't know what's
0: going to happen. It's not going to be the blowout that we saw against Saskatchewan. And admittedly, Ottawa hung in for the first little bit of that game. I think it's going to be a little bit closer because yeah, BC's BC's offense is really good. Mike Riley can throw the ball downfield. He's got receivers to help them out, but where has that BC Lions run game been? And where is the BC secondary been? That's my question. Now, wow. Ottawa doesn't really have a Trevor Harris or a Cody Fajardo to throw the ball left, right, center, four hundred yards into the stands, wherever you need the ball to go. I mean, they have Matt Nichols who threw for seventy one yards in the first week. But uh I'm still taking BC to cover this two and a half point spread. But I think it's gonna be a little bit closer than people realize. This is probably gonna be like if I had to put a
1: number on it, you're not pushing between five and seven. You're not pushing an alternate line, is what you're telling me. Oh,
0: absolutely not. No, nope. I like BC at minus two and a half.
1: You made a comment about where's the secondary. Gonna leave that and let it simmer for a couple minutes because I got I got a rebuttal to that down further in the in the episode. Well, I mean, Trevor Harris threw three hundred. James Wilder ran for one thirty. Yeah, but where's you know the what? secondary? I will tell you in a bit. Last line of the week, though, Jake Meyer getting another start for the Calgary Stampeders, this time against the defending Grey Cup champions, Winnipeg. Despite the loss last week, still a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Winnipeg is hurting right now. Do you expect them to just take out all their pent-up frustration from last week?
0: Yes. I think Calgary, as good as Jake Meyer looked, don't get me wrong, he still made two bad rookie mistakes. Winnipeg is sore after that loss to Toronto. And I don't think Winnipeg... You said it on Tuesday. That was probably the worst game we've seen from Winnipeg in quite some time. I don't think they're going to make these same mistakes against Calgary. I, I like Winnipeg at 5.5 in this one. Um, I would like it even more if the line moved down a little bit more. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I I don't think Jake Meyer gets lucky twice either. I think Winnipeg... Is all around a better team than Montreal, and I think that front seven with Jeffco and Jefferson is going to be a lot for the young quarterback in
1: Calgary to handle. I, you know, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm gonna go with Jake Meyer, really. I I am because you know, you have not four, tell us why. It's not like Montreal has nobody, they have Armando Sewell. And we know that interior pressure is way more complicated than exterior pressure. I is thought Jay- Sewell, a most outstanding player slash defensive player of the year candidate, though. He is the F the playup guy every year in the CFL. I will give you that. So with Armando Sewell, I mean, we saw him throw his, we got his baptism by fire. We got it early. He got the mistakes out. And then you saw him just dice a defense. And they're going to keep the team off balance with the run game because Kadim Carey and Milanovic-Litre, they run the ball hard. And what did we see Toronto do? Quick game to get your quarterback in rhythm early, run game to keep it off balance, and then deep shot, deep shot, deep shot. Sprinkle it in however you want. For Jake Meyer, I think we could see the same kind of formula. You know they're going to have a good running attack. You know they can use quick game. Josh Huff, Herji those guys can get open early. Scheme them up some quick game. I think we see a similar kind of approach on offense. And then the defense for Calgary, they're still going to play well. They have great players all around. They're just putting it together bit by bit, week by week. I think we could see five and a half points. You're giving me basically a touchdown. I'm going to say that Calgary covers this five and a half points. Calgary cover Winnipeg win? Probably. But it could be close. And maybe it comes down to Meyer being inexperienced and making a mistake down the down the line. But five and a half points is a ton for a team that looked pretty good and that he's only got one game of film on him. Usually the rule in the pros is three games. Once you have three games of film, teams start to figure you out. Look at Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles if you want a real life example. I mean, they're already looking for a new quarterback in Philly, so <laughs> And the, the front office didn't back up his play style when they said, we're going to go with Jalen Hurts this year. Running guy, mobile guy. You know who we're going to bring in to back him up in case he gets hurt? Joe Cool, Joe Flacco. Because that makes a lot of sense stylistically. You makes know what the Ravens did no when sense. they committed to Lamar Jackson? They went and got RG3. RG3, Trace McSorley, and now Tyler Huntley. All three guys can move. You, you speak volumes when you back up a guy. So well, long story what, short, though. That's
0: what Jake Meyer has been for Calgary, right? He is almost the spitting image of Bo Levi Mitchell, and it's been, through one game, successful for so,
1: Calgary. So you can expect to have two more games of Meyer until a team really figures out his tendencies, what he does super well, what he does not so well. So game two, I expect there to still be some kind of surprise with Jake Meyer. And five and a half points, I would think, is just a lot. I think it it it. I think
0: you're right. It's it's hesitantly. You sound big. so unimpressed with me taking this. <laughs> I I kind of am. I just don't think they're the. Me. I don't think that Winnipeg is gonna let another coming out party for a quarterback making his first start in 2021 t- to have a big game. Like I just don't see
1: it happening. First I road think- game I believe too. So it's at IG Field, but. Here's me, the lone survivor on the Winnipeg is the best team in the CFL, saying that they're not going to hold up a five-point line. Yeah, what's that say about your power ranking pick? It says a lot of things. I said they'd still win. Wow. Jake Meyer can just play out of his mind again. He could. I just don't see it happening. All right, time for player props. You've got to really buckle down for these ones. We've got three player props from the Hamilton Tiger Cats Montreal Alouettes game. Two quarterbacks... Two different props. And then Connor's guy, William Standback. So why don't we start there? Over under for his rushing yards. Set at 90 and a half. Willie Standback coming in against
0: the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Through the first two weeks of CFL football, teams were able to run the rock however they pleased against these Hamilton Tiger Cats. Brady Oliveira in his debut had over 120 in week two. Powell had 89 yards and Cody Fajardo had 66, well over a hundred. There was something in the air that night. <laughs> well over a hundred for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I don't know, man. So far, what I've seen from that Hamilton front seven, they're a little bit slow. They're l li- they've lost a little bit of a step coming off the edge. They still bend well and move well, but I just don't think that they're as feared as they were maybe two years ago. And William Standback looks like he is by far the most powerful ball carrier in the league right now. They've given up over 100 so far through their first two games on the ground. Standback set at 90.5. He's gone over 100 so far in his first two games. I like the over on Standback for rush yards here.
1: I do too. Until they prove me otherwise, I will take running backs over against Hamilton next like, up you let a quarterback go for 66 and this dude is now paid to run the ball in Willie Stanback so well let's go to some quarterback talk Vernon Adams completions over under 16 and a half. this one is probably the hardest to
0: pick so far definitely the hardest to pick so far he threw 42 times against Calgary completed 20 so he hit the over if we're basing it off that and then first timeout he only completed 13 but he still at over 200 yards it's a difficult one I like I think the uh I think the the lines were set smartly by the odds makers in this one 16 right on the dot is probably where I see him around however the weapons that the Montreal Alouettes have Allow them to mix it up on offense. Willie Stanback keeps teams very honest. But if Hamilton's secondary is healthy, I think that we're going to see a lot more Standback. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under on Vernon Adams' completions in this game. And you know what? Now that I've said under, he's going to go out, he's going to throw 22 of 40, yep. and he's going to have like 300 yards. So bet the over. Don't listen to me.
1: Absolutely. Time to go shopping though. I'm feeling an 0 and six week. It is time to go shopping. <laughs> well, I can't guarantee then, I can't guarantee I'm much better on my end, but we're gonna start value village. Let's go shopping for fantasy court quarterbacks. Jake Meyer at $5,000. Looked pretty solid, super cheap. I don't have very much faith in it, but at $5,000, it gives you flexibility. Did you start him? No, I'm going with Mike Riley. He's uh, Michael Riley is at $9,117. Uh, I, I was able to fit in. Not having the extra game really, really, really messes with it. But <laughs> I did start Jake Meyer. You're going with it. I did. All right. Well, Connor's listening to Value Village. Hopefully, you guys will as well. Moving in, though, Rashid Bailey, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, only had four receptions against Toronto, but he had eight targets, and he added another touchdown. So if you're looking at someone as cheap as $3,848, I mean, eight targets and a touchdown in a team's poor outing, I, I think that bodes well for him to get more volume in this offense. He's seen a lot come up. So for Rashid Bailey... I have him in my lineup. He's one of my uh, my replacement for my usual 2,500 Braden Lineus pick, uh, which might become my 2,500 Kean Schaefer-Baker pick. Oh, oh we will how freaking good did he look? I know we already talked about it, but my goodness. But, I mean, he has four catches, four catches, uh, you know, the last two weeks. But the touchdowns really help, and he's showing like he's going to be one of the top-end targets. So, big body guy like that. You get him at the right price in the right week, and it could be you know, a dangerous addition to your fantasy lineup. It could be. So I have him slotted in. And then my last one, the one that I said was kind of not really value, just a great pick, BC Lions' defense at 3,200. Uh, yes, they're playing Ottawa. Yes, they've given up yardage, but they're a mid-level run defense, which is something Ottawa does very well. And they're also the league leaders in interceptions. They have six on the year. Yes, a lot of that comes from Trevor Harris, but hell, they have six interceptions. It takes a lot for some teams to even get six in a season. They've got it three weeks in. So I think BC, the combination of their good run defense will kind of limit the first down run game, force you into some longer throws where they can prey on that, especially with Marcus Sales. Also, Ottawa's offense, 165 yards a game. Like, that's, that's concerning. And you get BC cheapest of the bunch on defense this week at 3200 I, I You can't pass it up. It, it gives you so much more room to go and spend money on a guy like Kadim Carey. Wow, like, would you look at that?
0: That's exactly what I did. I took Wade's Value Village this week, and I went BC on D, Jake Meyer at Q, and guess who I got with my running back? Kadim
1: Carey. I I really wanted William Stanback, but I could not make it work. I stacked Willie Stanback and Kadeem Carey. Yeah, but then who'd you fill out your rest of your receivers? Lucky
0: Whitehead, Jake Weineke, and I've got a surprise pick that I want to ask you about. Okay. Well, the one that I would like to ask you about, and I'm hesitant about slotting this in on my roster, but as of now, as of Wednesday afternoon, I have done so. Your guy, Ante Milinovic-Litre. Listen, listen, hear me out on this one. As your flex? As my flex. In the past game, he's only dropped two of his nine targets. He's got 50 receiving yards. He has 11 carries for 56 yards. But if you watch Calgary, if you notice what Calgary's offense has done, inside the 15, he is on the field no matter what. He's a big-bodied fullback that can carry the ball you're really, hard.
1: You're really tight against the cap, aren't you?
0: Has hands. No, I just think that we might finally see him get in the end zone this week.
1: Uh, you know, with with Kadim Carey being there, it's just so tough for him being the bell cow to give true fantasy value to other guys. But Milanovic-Litre, he gets in there in the red zone, like you said. And when you're looking at a flex player in a salary cap fantasy league like this is, red zone targets are so valuable. That's why I had went with Jake Weineke in week one, right? Because he is the red zone guy.
0: Lo and behold, he hauls in like a 60-yard touchdown off the back of the ball with
1: his fingertips. Right. Gets up, makes a play. So, I, I mean, for the price you get him at like 3200 or whatever it is, it, I, I like it.
0: It just takes one score to make him worth it.
1: It does. It, it really does. And you, you can hope... And pray that he gets that one score. Uh, I don't know how close you're going to get to it.
0: This is a pretty gutty roster that I've got going on this week. I've got but, Jake Meyer, Stanback, Carrie,
1: and then i like my I'm flexing out Lee here. You're saving a lot of money with Jake Meyer. So I, I think you you get your value with it. Uh, I'll say good pick. I'll say good pick for Ooh, you. Ooh,
0: the stamp of approval. Good pick. From our branch manager, Wade Zanketa from Value Village. Uh, that's assistant to the
1: branch manager. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I will take that, s- that seal of approval on the Leitre pick. As we close out the episode, though, we got one more thing. It's not our favorite thing, but it's our hopeful for this week. Our hot take, hopeful thing that happens in the CFL this week. Connor, I'm going to let you go first on this one.
0: What do I want to see in week four? Well, wow. I would like to see the Edmonton Elks play football at BMO Field on Thursday night, but that is unfortunately not going to happen for me. I'm going to have to wait until October and go see the Elks in Ottawa. I'll be full antlers. I might even still get that elk bugle that we heard about. Sorry, Riley. I, I, I'm I going to get it. I'm going to get it.
1: But Can Riley make you antlers to Velcro onto a hat? Probably. Probably. Or can you make it yourself? That's the better question. Can you arts and crafts yourself antlers?
0: I got to ask Spike where he got his antlers because I got to get some of those multicolor ones. I need one yellow antler, one green antler. But no, no, no. Uh, As much as I would like to see the Edmonton Elks play live this week, that's not going to happen. What I would like to see out of the CFL this week, I want to see the real Hamilton Tiger Cats come out and play. That's what I want to see. I want to see them use this bye week efficiently, Effectively, and come out and be the favorite Grey Cup champions that we have been talking about for the last offseason and a half. They ended on, albeit it wasn't a Grey Cup, but they ended 2019 on a good note with Dane Evans playing very good football. Now they get their starter back and they're kind of sputtering to start, and we're all kind of waiting for the Hamilton Tiger Cats to show up. In week four, I think this might be the week that we see it. So, yeah, I, I want to see, I want to see the real Hamilton Tiger Cats come and play some football.
1: That's a good one. I, I was close to taking that one too. I'm not gonna lie; it'd be so, it's so much better in the CFL when Hamilton plays good football. Not even is a good team, but just plays good football. They, they've just been so discombobulated. My uh, big thing for this week that I'm really hoping to see. I want to go to Winnipeg. I want to see Jake Meyer have another great performance. I want the last three quarters of his first game extended over 60 minutes. I want the picks and the turnovers done with, and I want to see a clean game. I was right on last week with Arbuckle. You were. I was 50 yards shy because he had such a good day, but I got the 265-2 and that I wanted, so I was very hopeful. Jake Meyer, going to temper my expectations. I'd like to see two touchdowns still, but it's got to be two passing. I want to see two passing touchdowns and I would like 240. That's my yardage that I want. But can you get to IG field to make sure that the Zanqueta effect is Oh, applied? No, 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 no. We <laughs> got to we got to wait on that one. Maybe I'll I'll do that uh when I get to a Red Blocks game in a couple weeks, but no, nah, I uh I do want to see Jake Meyer play play well like Quarterback play is so important to a league-growing viewership and increasing fan bases. Nobody wants to watch, pardon my language, but a shitty quarterback. Like, you think people want to keep watching Matt Nichols throw 50 yards on checkdowns? Do people in the NFL, sorry to use this point, but now that you guys don't have Matthew Stafford with the Lions, if your team's 2-14... and 14, You really think people want to keep watching that team?
0: Oh, when he was hurt? Like
1: when we had... David Blau?
0: Oh, it was just... That
1: Thanksgiving game was awful.
0: Oh, it was terrible football. It was terrible football. But at least that's my thing with the CFL. Like At least
1: the backup quarterbacks in the CFL are good. And that's what I want to see. I want to see him keep being good. So 240, two passing touchdowns. I'm not doing it any way you want him this week. It's got to be passing.
0: I like that. I like that. I like the Meyer take a lot. Uh, Just to build on it, if he's going to throw an interception, it better be a shot, and it better not be a rookie mistake. The the two that he threw last week, we can call one a true rookie mistake. I want to just see him build on that and and not make that mistake a second time. Check it down. Not check it down, but go through your reads. You see that, okay, I made the mistake on this route last time. They're baiting me. No, I'm not going to throw that. Look back to his, his two or his three and throw the... Maybe not safe throw is the right word, but you know what I mean? Not no, throw that, throw, not throw that interception.
1: The right Make the correct read. But there also like the checkdown to Kadim Carey last week, that was a mistake. Cuz you can't lob a ball like that to a guy over the middle like No. You're waiting for someone to get hurt or the ball to get tipped and mangled around and picked off. Then
0: you're watching a very fast DB go the other way for points for his team, not yours.
1: Yes. <laughs> but that concludes the week's episode. We've had a long week of COVID news and delayed games, and we're still getting football, though. We've got three games slated for the week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go and get your fix. We've had great viewership. Just a moment on that, actually. We've had... Last week was fantastic. over fantastic. Last week combined was over 2.1 million viewers. 500 in the first two games, 600, and then 429 in the other one. So we're over... 2 million viewers for the weekend on a dying league that has just been ticking along through this Delta variant surge.
0: They were getting more viewership than the Jays who are currently trying to make a playoff push right now in some markets. Like That was just incredible to see. And you can tell that coming back to football after having a year off, people in Canada are excited to have the CFL back and to be watching CFL football on Friday,
1: Saturday. And our demographic was actually... Not ahead of the Jays for the Argos, but they were very close. I think it was 20,000 off on the 18 to 29 age group watching the Argos versus the Jays. And to have the brand recognition that the Blue Jays do and the popularity that they see year in, year out, for the Argos to be that close says so much about the league, the team, and even the franchise itself for promoting them, their product and putting a good team on the field so kudos to everyone at MLSE with the Argos you guys are doing great
0: yeah so so happy to see that too especially for all the heat that the Argos catch about the market that they sit in but I'm just so happy to see CFL football back I'm happy to see people watching it and watching it very adamantly you know no disrespect to the Jays but to see that is awesome because the Jays are one team across one country. They're the only Canadian team in Major League Baseball. Yeah, their numbers are going to pull. But the CFL, National League, different markets, different teams, to have that is amazing. And I- I'm so excited for you know the CFL in general. But honestly, for what the Argos have been building this season, from the time that COVID hit until the time that we re- have reached now week four, the Argos media team, MLSC, top down has just been so entertaining through the offseason. I'm so thankful for everything that, uh, you know, MLSC and the Argos have been been doing so far. So
1: awesome to see them rewarded with that viewership. And if you guys missed any of the episodes from this week, go ahead, check them out. You had Marshall and Kyle breaking it down on Monday, Connor and I on Tuesday. Wednesday, you had DT talking, riders and all things CFL Thursday. You guys are listening right now. And tomorrow you'll get the A block from Marsh as he gets set to do his first play-by-play game. So shout out to Marsh for that.
0: Yes. Super happy to see Marsh get on the call. We will certainly be tuning in. All you guys should absolutely tune in as well. So happy to see Marsh on the call for the Ottawa BC game. That one's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, we have one bonus episode too. Left out of the mix there. On Saturday, we released a bonus episode of All Canadian. It was with the Director of Football Operation and Head Coach of MVP Football Academy 7-on-7, Phil Edworthy, who is also the linebackers coach with the Laurier Golden Hawks. He hosted a phenomenal showcase camp for high school prospects, looking to get recruited by U Sports Schools. A lot of fun to be
1: back out on the field. So go check that one out as well because it was fun fun to speak with him about that event. And as always, you guys know where to find us at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective. And the Canadian Football Perspective podcast network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, helping you return to play safely with their latest innovations, the Fox 40 Tri-Layer Whistle Mask and the Fox 40 Electronic Whistle. To check out these products and more, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15 for 15% off your order. And as we enter the weekend and your hand enters
0: the fridge to grab a cold beer, it may as well be a Sada City beer. Sada City offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sadacitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more about all those great beers that Wade teed up for you at the top of the episode this August CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That closes out our episode. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Good luck to Marsh calling that Ottawa BC game. And we will catch you guys on Tuesday.